can't be neutral on the moving train. I told y'all before. You can't believe everything that your teacher tell you. Who is your teacher? Your teacher just learned what they was taught. How do you know what they was taught was correct? And that was an excerpt from Writings on Disobedience and Democracy by Vinnie Paz. Welcome to You Can't Be Neutral, a political podcast inspired by Howard Zinn and progressive and radical activism, taking a look at society, media, and politics. You can find the back episodes of You Can't Be Neutral at youcan'tbeneutral.com. you find also a link there to send me a message and a link there to make a donation. You can make a one-time or recurring donation to keep this podcast free and independent. This episode is part two of the application instituting proceedings in the name of the Republic of South Africa against the state of Israel, pursuant to Article 41 that the South African government submitted to the International Court of Justice. You can find part one recorded and posted separately, uh, which covers pages one to 29 of this document from the introduction to the background of the facts. We're going to pick up in section three, the facts with part C, genocidal acts committed against the Palestinian people. And as this section will start to discuss those uh, factual events that are ongoing in Gaza or have happened recently in Gaza in relation to the genocide of the Palestinian people in Gaza, uh, listener discretion is advised. Genocidal acts committed against the Palestinian people. This section provides an overview of the acts in which Israel has engaged that are genocidal in character, having regard to their nature, scope, and context. These acts are ongoing and ongoing in a conflict context where Israel is deliberately imposing telecommunications blackouts on Gaza and restricting access by fact-finding bodies and the international media. At the same time, Palestinian journalists are being killed at a rate significantly higher than has occurred in any conflict in the past 100 years. In the two months since 7 October 2023, the number of journalists killed already exceeded that of the entirety of World War II. Further detail will be provided regarding these acts over the course of these proceedings. However, such information as is available establishes that Israel, one, is engaged in killing Palestinians in Gaza, including Palestinian children, in large numbers. Two, is causing serious bodily and mental harm to Palestinians in Gaza, including Palestinian children, and is inflicting on them conditions of life intended to bring about their destruction as a group. Those conditions include expulsions from homes and mass displacement alongside the large-scale destruction of homes and residential areas, deprivation of access to adequate food and water, deprivation of access to adequate medical care, 
deprivation of access to adequate shelter, clothes, hygiene, and sanitation, and the destruction of the life of the Palestinian people in Gaza, and imposing measures intended to prevent Palestinian births. United Nations chiefs and the International Committee of the Red Cross, no strangers to conflict situations, have called what is unfolding in Gaza a crisis of humanity. Quote, Humanitarian veterans who have served in war zones and disasters around the world, people who have seen everything, say they have seen nothing like what they see today in Gaza. This is a moral failure causing intolerable suffering. This is an apocalyptic situation now because these are the remnants of a nation being driven into a pocket in the south. They describe Palestinians in Gaza as living in utter deepening horror as they continue to be relentlessly bombarded by Israel, suffering death, siege, destruction, and deprivation of the most essential human needs such as food, water, life-saving medical supplies, and other essentials on a massive scale. It is apocalyptic. An entire population is besieged and under attack, denied access to the essentials for survival, bombed in their homes, shelters, hospitals, and places of worship. Gaza is the most dangerous place in the world to be a child. It is a living hell. It is a war of all the superlative. Everything is unprecedented. And we are out of words to describe what is going on. Killing Palestinians in Gaza Over 21,110 Palestinians are reported to have been killed since Israel began its military assault on Gaza, according to the Palestinian Health Ministry, at least 70% of whom are believed to be women and children. An additional estimated 7,780 people, including at least 4,700 women and children, are reported missing, presumed dead under the rubble of destroyed buildings, dying slow deaths or decomposing in the streets where they were killed. Israel's blockage of adequate fuel imports, its destruction of infrastructure, and the communication blackouts it imposes severely hamper rescue attempts. As of 8 December 2023, only one rescue vehicle was reportedly operational in the whole of Gaza, with survivors forced to try to dig for survivors with their bare hands. The level of Israel's killing is so extensive that bodies are being buried in mass graves, often unidentified. Nowhere is safe in Gaza, as the United Nations Secretary General and many other United Nations experts have now made clear to the international community. Palestinians in Gaza have been killed in their homes, in places where they sought shelter, in hospitals, in unwar schools and churches, in mosques, and as they try to find food and water for their families. They have been killed if they failed to evacuate in the places which they fled, and even while they attempted to flee along Israeli-declared safe routes. Reports are multiplying of Israeli soldiers performing summary executions, including of multiple members of the same family, men, women, and older people. One such account is a reported execution in Gaza City of at least 11 male members of the Anan family and their relatives, boys and men, said to have been separated out by Israeli soldiers and shot in front of their family. 
before the women and children were then attacked. There are also reports of unarmed people, including Israeli hostages, being shot dead on sight despite posing no threat, including while waving white flags. Attacks on Palestinian homes and residential blocks account for a significant number of the dead, with Israel reportedly using artificial intelligence to generate up to 100 bombing targets per day. Israel is said to be dropping dumb, for example, unguided bombs on Gaza, as well as heavy bombs weighing up to 2,000 pounds, which have predicted lethal radius of up to 360 meters and are, quote, expected to cause severe injury and damage as far as 800 meters from the point of impact. This weaponry is being deployed in one of the most densely populated areas in the world, where approximately one in every 100 people has now been killed. Some Israeli strikes on Palestinians' homes and refugee camps have killed upwards of 110 Palestinians. An estimated 1,779 Palestinian families in Gaza have lost multiple family members, and hundreds of multi-generational families have been killed in their entirety, with no remaining survivors. Mothers, fathers, children, siblings, grandparents, aunts, cousins, often all killed together. By 7 November 2023, 312 Palestinian families in Gaza had lost over 10 members each. Numerous Palestinian families have lost upwards of 70 members each. The level of mortality in Palestinian families is such that medics in Gaza have to coin a new acronym, WCNSF, meaning Wounded Child, No Surviving Family. For Palestinian children in particular, death is everywhere and nowhere is safe. A total of over 7,729 Palestinian children have been killed in Gaza to date. Over 115 Palestinian children in Gaza are killed every day. It is estimated that more Palestinian children were killed in the first three weeks in Gaza alone, a total of 3,195, than the total number of children killed each year across the world's conflict zones since 2019. The scale of Palestinian child killings in Gaza is such that United Nations chiefs have described it as a graveyard for children. Indeed, the unprecedented rate of a Palestinian child casualties has prompted UNICEF's spokesperson to call Israel's attacks on Gaza a war on children. He explained, quote, Most crises, they impact children terribly because children are the most vulnerable, but most have about a casualty rate of children of around 20%. This is 40. This is twice as lethal to children as many conflicts we've seen in the last 15 or 20 years. And unfortunately, that is because of the sheer density of the population, the indiscriminate nature, and when we see that there's not been not even lip service to safe zones having water and sanitation for children and young girls. That same disregard for children is being shown in the bombardments. That's why we see 40% of casualties are children. That's why it's a war on children. Doctors, journalists, teachers, academics, and other professionals are also being killed at wholly unprecedented rates. To date, Israel has killed over 311 doctors, nurses, and other health workers, including doctors and ambulance drivers killed on duty. 
103 journalists amounting to over one per day, and more than 73% of the total number of journalists and media workers killed globally in 2023. 40 civil defense workers responsible for helping to dig victims out of the rubble killed while on duty, and over 209 teachers and educational staff. 144 United Nations employees have also been killed, the highest number of aid workers killed in UN history in such a short time. It is estimated that, quote, it will take years to recover the remains of people from beneath the rubble, and that the costly technical process will not result in the identification of each body. In addition to being killed by Israeli weaponry, Palestinians in Gaza are also at immediate risk of death by starvation, dehydration, and disease as a result of the ongoing siege by Israel, the insufficient aid being allowed through to the Palestinian population, and the extreme difficulties in distributing such limited aid that is permitted to enter the territory due to the decimation of Gaza's infrastructure in Israel's military attacks. Causing Serious Bodily and Mental Harm to Palestinians in Gaza Over 55,243 Palestinians have been wounded in Israel's military attacks on Gaza since 7 October 2023. The majority of them women and children. Burns and amputations are typical injuries, with an estimated 1,000 children having lost one or both legs. There are reports of Israeli forces using white phosphorus in densely populated areas in Gaza. As the World Health Organization describes, even small amounts of white phosphorus can cause deep and severe burns, penetrating even through bone and capable of reigniting after initial treatment. There are no functioning hospitals in the north of Gaza in particular, such that injured persons are reduced to waiting to die unable to seek surgery or medical treatment beyond first aid, dying slow, agonizing deaths from their injuries or from resultant infections. The extreme levels of bombardment and lack of any safe areas are also causing severe mental trauma in the Palestinian population in Gaza. Even before the latest onslaught, Palestinians in Gaza suffered severe trauma from prior attacks. 80% of Palestinian children experience higher levels of emotional distress, demonstrating bedwetting, 79%, and reactive mutism, 59%, and engaging in self-harm, 59%, and suicidal thoughts, 55%. 11 weeks of relentless bombardment, displacement, and loss will necessarily have led to a further increase in those figures, particularly for the estimated tens of thousands of Palestinian children who have lost at least one parent and those who are the sole surviving members of their families. For the families who remain intact or partially intact, quote, it's about doing everything you can so your child doesn't realize that you've lost control. It's already known that repeated exposure to conflict and violence, including witnessing and experiencing housing demolition, combined with Israel's siege of Gaza since 2007, is associated with high levels of psychological distress among Palestinians. 
Indeed, the United Nations Security Council Resolution 2712 of 2023 expressed its deep concern that the disruption of access to education has a dramatic impact on children and that conflict has lifelong effects on their physical and mental health. That disruption and its dramatic impact on children must be considered in particular in the context of the number of Palestinian students and educators who have been killed, 4,037 and 209 respectively, and wounded, estimated at 7,259, and the number of Palestinian schools having been damaged or destroyed, 352 or 74% of the schools in the whole of Gaza. Medical professionals assessed that the health effects on all Palestinian children, women, men, older people, people with disabilities, and people of marginalized identities are immense. An emergency coordinator from Medicines Sans Frontieres, interviewed on her return from five weeks in Gaza, described, quote, It's even worse in reality than it looks. It's the amount of suffering is just something incomparable. It's really unbearable. I'm speechless when I try and think of the future of these children. It's generations of children who will be handicapped, who will be traumatized. The very children in our mental health program are telling us that they would rather die than continue living in Gaza now. Alongside its military campaign, Israel has engaged in the dehumanization and cruel, inhuman, and degrading treatment of members of Palestinians in Gaza. Large numbers of Palestinian civilians, including children, have reportedly been arrested, blindfolded, forced to undress, and remain outside in the cold weather before being forced onto trucks and taken to unknown locations. Medics and first responders in particular have been repeatedly detained by Israeli forces, with many being detained incommunicado at unknown locations. Videos published by Israeli media on Christmas Day appeared to show hundreds of Palestinians rounded up inside Al-Yermuk football stadium in Gaza City, quote, including children, older people, and persons with disabilities being forced to strip to their underwear in degrading conditions. Many Palestinian detainees who have been released report having been subject to torture and ill-treatment, including the deprivation of food, water, shelter, and access to toilets. The United Nations Office for the Coordinator of Human Affairs, OCHA, reports video footage showing bruises and burns on the bodies of detainees. Images of mutilated and burned corpses alongside videos of armed attacks by Israeli soldiers, billed as exclusive content from the Gaza Strip, reportedly circulated in Israel via social media telegram channel called 72 Virgins Uncensored. Mass Expulsion from Homes and Displacement of Palestinians in Gaza It is estimated that over 1.9 million Palestinians out of Gaza's population of 2.3 million people, approximately 85% of the population, have been forced from their homes. There is nowhere safe for them to flee. Those who cannot leave or refuse to be displaced have been killed or are at extreme risk of being killed in their homes. Israel is repeatedly issuing evacuation orders demanding that Palestinian civilians in certain areas of Gaza leave their homes for other areas. The first such order issued on 13 October 2023 demanded that the 1.1 million Palestinians living or otherwise present in the north of Gaza, including Gaza City, 
moved to the south of Gaza within a 24-hour window. The International Committee of the Red Cross warned that the evacuation directive impacting approximately 36% of Gaza's territory, combined with the complete siege of Gaza, was not compatible with international humanitarian law. The World Health Organization warned that it could be tantamount to a death sentence for hospital patients. The evacuation was, however, maintained and has been reissued on a number of occasions, including 28 October 2023, ahead of the Israeli announcement of ground operations in northern Gaza. And again thereafter, Israel has also issued more specific evacuation notices, ordering people in certain parts of Gaza City to evacuate to other parts. Many of those who are unwilling or unable to evacuate are then bombed in their homes. Palestinians fleeing the north pursuant to Israel's evacuation orders were urged to move south along Gaza's main traffic artery, Salah al-Din Road, on certain days during certain designated hours. However, there were numerous reported instances of shelling along the routes and of other violence by Israeli forces against evacuating Palestinian civilians, including inhuman and degrading treatment, arbitrary arrests, unlawful detention, and killings. Israel has also continued bombing south of Wadi Gaza throughout this time, killing many Palestinians who evacuated, initially prompting many Palestinian families to seek to return north to at least risk being bombed in the familiar surrounding of their homes. Some of those attempting to return north during the temporary pause in hostilities between Israel and Hamas were shot at by Israeli forces who killed at least two people and injured others. On 1 December 2023, the end of the eight-day temporary truce between Israel and Hamas, Israel began dropping leaflets urging Palestinians to leave areas in the south to which they had previously been told to flee, an area constituting approximately 30% of Gaza. As stated by the United Nations Special Rapporteur on the Human Rights of Internally Displaced Persons, quote, Israel has reneged on promises of safety made to those who complied with its order to evacuate northern Gaza two months ago. Now they have been forcibly displaced again, alongside the population of southern Gaza. Israel also published a detailed map online, dividing the Gaza Strip into hundreds of small areas. The map was ostensibly intended to provide notice of Israeli orders to evacuate individual areas ahead of planned airstrikes. However, as noted by Ocha, the publication does not specify where people should evacuate to. Moreover, after months of bombardment amidst the ongoing electricity blackout imposed since October 11 and regular telecommunications blackouts, most Palestinians in Gaza have little access to electricity to charge their phones or other devices and no reliable way of accessing the map. The United Nations Secretary General has remarked that the people of Gaza are being told to move like human pinballs, ricocheting between ever smaller slivers of the south without any of the basics for survival. Palestinians are not safe even in those small slivers, as United Nations chiefs keep reiterating. No place is safe. There is nowhere safe to go. The director of UNWA Affairs in Gaza has pleaded that people in Gaza are people. They are not pieces on a checkerboard. Many have already been displaced several times. The Israeli army just orders people to move into areas where there are ongoing airstrikes. 
This is creating terror. The increased population density as a result of the evacuation orders is also rendering Israeli strikes ever more lethal. On Christmas Eve itself, the Israeli army bombed Al-Maghazi refugee camp in the middle area, an area to which tens of thousands of Palestinians had fled from the north, killing an estimated 86 people, including many women and children, and injuring many others. A spokesperson for the OHCHR stated that they were gravely concerned that this latest intense bombardment comes after Israeli forces ordered residents from the south of Wadi Gaza to move to Middle Gaza. For many Palestinians, the forced evacuation from their homes is necessarily permanent. Israel has now damaged or destroyed an estimated 355,000 Palestinian homes, amounting to 60% of the entire housing stock in Gaza. The extent of the destruction in the north of Gaza, in particular, has rendered it largely unlivable, with the destruction in the south reaching a similar level. As noted by the Special Rapporteur on the Human Rights of Internally Displaced Persons, Gaza's housing and civilian infrastructure have been razed to the ground, frustrating any realistic prospects for displaced Gazans to return home, repeating a long history of mass forced displacement of Palestinians by Israel. The forced displacements in Gaza are genocidal in that they are taking place in circumstances calculated to bring about the physical destruction of Palestinians in Gaza. Deprivation of access to adequate food and water to Palestinians in Gaza On 9 October 2023, Israel declared a complete siege on Gaza, allowing no electricity, no food, no water, and no fuel to enter the Strip. Although the siege has been partially alleviated since then, with some aid trucks being permitted since 21 October 2023, this remains wholly insufficient and well below the pre-October 2023 average of approximately 500 trucks per day. Moreover, fuel imports permitted since 21 November 2023 are, quote, well below the minimum requirements for essential humanitarian operations, meaning that such limited humanitarian aid as is being allowed in cannot easily be moved around Gaza away from entry points. As the Secretary General has starkly assessed, the level of destruction in Gaza is now so catastrophic that, quote, the conditions for the effective delivery of humanitarian aid no longer exist, but even if sufficient supplies were permitted into Gaza, intense bombardment and hostilities, Israeli restrictions on movement, fuel shortages, and interrupted communications make it impossible for UN agencies and their partners to reach most of the people in need. In light of that, the United Nations Security Council Resolution 2720 of 22 December 2023 is widely slated to be ineffectual, despite demanding that, quote, the parties to the conflict allow and facilitate the use of all available routes to and throughout the entire Gaza Strip, including border crossings, and request that the coordinator expeditiously establish a United Nations mechanism for accelerating the provision of humanitarian relief consignments. That is because the watered-down resolution fails to properly address the four elements identified by the United Nations Secretary-General as necessary for allowing effective aid capable of assisting Palestinians in Gaza. 1. Security. Quote, 
We are providing aid in a war zone, the intense Israeli bombardment and active combat in densely populated urban areas throughout Gaza threatens the lives of civilians and humanitarian aid workers alike. 2. Staff Quote, the humanitarian operation requires staff who can live and work safely. 136 of our colleagues in Gaza have been killed in 75 days, something we have never seen in the history of the United Nations. In these appalling conditions, they can only meet a fraction of the needs. 3. Logistics Quote, Many of our vehicles and trucks were destroyed or left behind following our forced, hurried evacuation from the north, but the Israeli authorities have not allowed any additional trucks to operate in Gaza. This is massively hampering the aid operation. Delivering in the north is extremely dangerous due to active conflict, unexploded ordnance, and heavily damaged roads. Everywhere, frequent communications blackouts make it virtually impossible to coordinate the distribution of aid and to let people know how to access it. 4. In the resumption of commercial activities. Quote, Shelves are empty. Wallets are empty. Stomachs are empty. Just one bakery is operating in the whole of Gaza. I urge the Israeli authorities to lift restrictions on commercial activity immediately. We are ready to scale up our cash grant support to vulnerable families, the most effective form of humanitarian aid. But in Gaza, there is very little to buy. Having regard to those factors, the Secretary General was clear to advise that focusing on the number of trucks permitted into Gaza daily was misleading. Quote, Many people are measuring the effectiveness of the humanitarian operation in Gaza based on the number of trucks from the Egyptian Red Crescent, the UN, and our partners that are allowed to unload aid across the border. This is a mistake. The real problem is that the way Israel is conducting this offensive is creating massive obstacles to the distribution of humanitarian aid inside Gaza. It is for that reason that the United Nations Security Council Resolution 2720, which fails properly to address the situation on the ground, including by failing to call for a ceasefire, has been described by a former senior UNWA official as a green light for continued genocide, marked by the wholesale and industrial ignoring of international humanitarian law. Oxfam has called the failure to call for a ceasefire in the resolution incomprehensible and utterly callous, as well as a profound dereliction of duty on the part of the United Nations Security Council, having regard to the extreme seriousness of the situation in Gaza. Israel has now pushed the Palestinian population in Gaza to the brink of famine, with international agencies warning that the risk of famine is real and that it is increasing each day. Most of the Palestinian people in Gaza are now starving, with levels of starvation rising daily. The World Health Organization warns that hunger is ravaging Gaza. As the United Nations Secretary General has stated, four out of five of the hungriest people anywhere in the world are in Gaza, with Palestinians in Gaza facing the highest levels of acute food insecurity ever classified by the IPC. Anwar's Commissioner General describes desperate, hungry, and terrified people who are now stopping aid trucks, taking the food, and eating it right away. The World Health Organization has stated that an unprecedented 93% of the population in Gaza is facing crisis levels of hunger, 
with insufficient food and high levels of malnutrition. They say that at least one in four households are facing catastrophic conditions, experiencing an extreme lack of food and starvation, and having resorted to selling off their possessions and other extreme measures to afford a simple meal. They caution that starvation, destitution, and death are evident, calling Israel's actions in cutting off Gaza from water, food, anything which is necessary for any sort of life, a cruel campaign brought against the whole population of Gaza. Their emergency medical team's coordinator explained that every single person he speaks to is hungry. Everywhere we go, people are asking us for food, even in the hospital. I walked around in the emergency department, somebody with an open bleeding wound, an open fracture. They asked for food. If that's not an indicator of the desperation, I don't know what is. The situation is such that the United Nations High Commissioner for Human Rights has felt the need to caution that, quote, starvation must never be a means or result of warfare. Oxfam and Human Rights Watch have gone even further in expressly accusing Israel of using starvation as a weapon of war against the Palestinian people in Gaza. The conditions created by the siege are exacerbated by Israel's continuing strikes on Gaza, including on its bakeries, water facilities, and the last remaining operating mill, and its raising of agricultural lands, crops, orchards, and greenhouses. By 16 November 2023, the food infrastructure in Gaza was already considered no longer functional, given shop and market closures, the lack of essential food items, and the inflated price of the scarce food available. Bread is scarce or non-existent, with food scarcity leading to significant price hikes and the price of flour increasing by 65% at one stage. Livestock that has not been killed is facing starvation and crops are damaged or destroyed. Many Palestinians are resorting to foraging due to hunger, collecting spilled flour from aid distributions from the road or other unsafe food practices. Water is also severely depleted. Israel continues to cut off piped water for the north of Gaza, and the north's water desalinization plant is non-functioning. From 15 October 2023, Israel began piping a small amount of water to the south, in part to push the civilian population to the southern part of the Strip. The damage from Israeli airstrikes and shelling has also rendered most of the water system inoperable. The World Food Program has reported that there is only 1.5 to 1.8 liters of clean water available per person per day for all uses, drinking, washing, food preparation, sanitation, and hygiene. This is far below the emergency threshold of 15 liters per day for war or famine-like conditions, or the survival threshold of 3 liters per day. The World Health Organization Emergency Medical Team's coordinator described the scene at Al-Ali Arab Hospital, where medical staff were struggling to cope with no food, no fuel, no water, stating that it looks more like a hospice now than a hospital. But a hospice implies a level of care that the doctors and nurses are unable to provide. It's pretty unbearable to see somebody with casts on multiple limbs, external fixator on multiple limbs, without drinking water, and almost no IV fluids available. He said that patients were crying out in pain, but they were also crying out for us to give them water. He urged at the time as now, we are dealing with starving people now, adults, children. It's unbearable. 
The lack of water is severely impacting lactating women in particular, who even if undertaking only a moderate amount of exercise, require a supply of 7.5 liters of water a day for drinking, sanitation, and hygiene to keep themselves and their babies healthy. Young mothers unable to breastfeed for lack of proper nutrition arising from food scarcity have been forced to use contaminated water to prepare formula where it is available, risking disease in vulnerable babies. In parallel, the chronic unavailability of formula is also risking the lives of newborn babies who are already reportedly dying from avoidable causes due to the absence of medical care, food, water, and adequate sanitation. The impacts of malnourishment on older children may also be particularly grave and long-lasting, preventing them from reaching their full potential in terms of physical growth, cognitive capacity, school performance, and productivity later in life. Many health workers also lack sufficient food and water to continue working, which will also necessarily further impact on health and mortality rates. This is all happening to a population that was already extremely vulnerable as a result of Israel's prior actions against Gaza. Israel has long hindered the creation and repair of water installation and desalinization plants in Gaza, such that 95% of water from Gaza's sole aquifer was already unsuitable for consumption prior to 7 October 2023. Through its 16-year blockade, Israel also severely impacted the water supply. Its repeated attacks on Gaza and its restrictions on repairing the degraded wastewater infrastructure damaged the soil, rendering agriculture challenging. Israel also restricted access by Palestinians in Gaza up to 35% of agricultural land and up to 85% of Gaza's fishing waters. Consequently, over 68% of households, around 1.3 million people, were severely or moderately food insecure prior to 7 October 2023 with 58% of the population dependent on humanitarian aid. 7,685 children under 5 years of age in Gaza were suffering from life-threatening wasting, the deadliest form of child malnutrition. The impact on Palestinian children of Israel's forced starvation of Gaza will necessarily be serious and long-lasting. Recent reports of Israeli plans to flood tunnels in Gaza with seawater is of extreme concern given the risks it would pose of further degradation and collapse of Gaza's water and sewage infrastructure, and of long-lasting contamination of Gaza's aquifer and soil. Environmental experts have warned that the strategy, quote, risks causing an ecological catastrophe that would leave Gaza with no drinkable water, devastate what little agriculture is possible, and ruin the conditions of life everywhere in Gaza. The United Nations Special Rapporteur for the Right to Water is reported to have compared the plan to the mythical Roman salting of the fields of Carthage to prevent crop growth and render the territory uninhabitable. Experts are now predicting that more Palestinians in Gaza may die from starvation and disease than airstrikes, and yet Israel is intensifying its bombing campaign, precluding the effective delivery of humanitarian assistance to Palestinians. It is clear that Israel is, through its actions and policies in Gaza, deliberately inflicting on Palestinians conditions of life calculated to bring about their destruction. Deprivation of access to adequate shelter, clothes, hygiene, and sanitation to Palestinians in Gaza 
The majority of the 1.9 million displaced Palestinians in Gaza are seeking shelter in UNRWA facilities, which primarily consist of schools and tents. These locations are themselves not safe. To date, and despite Israel having been provided with the coordinates of all United Nations facilities, Israel has killed hundreds of Palestinian men, women, and children seeking shelter in UNRWA facilities and injured over a thousand. The situation in UNRWA shelters was described as follows by the Commissioner General of UNRWA in his 7 December 2023 letter, of which the United Nations General Assembly took note in its resolution ES 10 22 of 12 December 2023. Quote, Today, as a result of Israel's military operation, nearly 1.2 million civilians are sheltering in UNRWA premises. The agency has become the primary platform for humanitarian assistance to over 2.2 million people in Gaza, a platform on the verge of collapse. UNRWA is, as of today, still operational in Gaza, though just barely. Our staff are still operating health centers, managing shelters, and supporting traumatized people, some arriving carrying their dead children. We are still distributing food even though the corridors and courtyards of our premises are too crowded to walk through. Our staff take their children to work so they know they are safe or can die together. More than 130 UNWA staff are confirmed killed in bombardments, most with their families. The number might rise by the time you read this. At least 70% of UNWA staff are displaced and lack food, water, and adequate shelter. We are hanging on by our fingertips. If UNWA collapses, humanitarian assistance in Gaza will also collapse. The humanitarian situation is now untenable. Conditions in Gaza were already appalling when I stayed overnight two weeks ago. I witnessed constant explosive munitions from sky, land, and sea, and the massive destruction of civilian infrastructure. This week, the Israeli military forces have instructed people to move further south, forcing Gaza's population into an ever-shrinking space. Shelters are shockingly overcrowded, with high risk of epidemic illness. In these overfull and unsanitary spaces, more than 700 people use a single toilet, women give birth, an average of 25 per day, and people nurse open wounds. Tens of thousands sleep in courtyards and streets. People burn plastic to stay warm. Nearly 90 UNWA premises, including schools, have been hit or impacted by munitions, killing over 270 internally displaced people, many this week. In Gaza as a whole, over 16,000 people, two-thirds of whom are women and children, are reported killed during bombardments. Large swaths of Gaza are destroyed and uninhabitable. The premise of UNWA's mandate to provide services to Palestine refugees until there is a political solution is at greater risk. Without safe shelter and aid, civilians in Gaza risk death or will be forced to Egypt and beyond. Forced displacement out of Gaza may end prospects for the political solution that is intrinsic to UNRWA's mandate, with grave risks for regional peace and security. A forced displacement beyond Palestinian land reminiscent of the 1948 Nakba must be prevented. In my 35 years working in complex emergencies, I have never written such a letter, predicting the killing of my staff and the collapse of the mandate I am expected to fulfill. 
Those Palestinians with a place in UNRWA's shelters are the lucky ones, according to UNRWA's Commissioner General. Others attempt to find shelter in the homes of relatives or strangers in government facilities, hospital courtyards, or makeshift camps without any access to food, water, or sanitary facilities, or simply live and sleep in the streets exposed to the elements. Unwashed shelters now have on average 486 people using a single toilet, while other locations where people are seeking to shelter often have no toilets at all. Palestinians are unable to maintain personal hygiene with menstruating girls and women being particularly impacted. The World Health Organization estimates that there is on average only one shower for every 4,500 people. Newborns in shelters are reportedly dying from avoidable causes due to the absence of adequate sanitation, food, water, and medical care. Since the Commissioner General of UNRWA wrote to the President of the United Nations General Assembly on 7 December 2023, advising that the humanitarian situation in Gaza was already untenable, over one million Palestinians have continued to be forced by Israel military orders into the Rafah governorate near the Egyptian border. The area has become the epicenter of displacement, with an estimated fourfold increase in its population density, thought to now exceed 12,000 people per square kilometer. Ocha is warning that there is no empty space left for people to shelter, not even in the streets and other open areas. Al-Mawasi, a sandy, barren strip of approximately 14 square kilometers along the Mediterranean Sea, without aid provisions, water, food, or sanitation, the so-called safe zone to which Israel has told Palestinians in Gaza to flee, is anything but safe. As UNRWA has underscored, unilaterally declared safe zones are not safe at all. Nowhere in Gaza is safe. The head of humanitarian policy at Save the Children International has warned, people are in overcrowded shelters in makeshift tents. There is no access to clean water. There are crumbling sanitation facilities. We've heard of children starving in the so-called safe zone of Al-Mawasi. Throughout Gaza, there are acute shortages in warm clothes, bedding, blankets, and critical non-food items, with people heavily dependent on salvaged wood and waste for cooking and warmth, raising the risk of respiratory diseases. There is also an acute shortage of clean water, severely impacting not just the ability to hydrate, but to wash, clean, and cook. The siege and infrastructure damage from bombing continue to prevent adequate water treatment and distribution and sewage management, with flooding exponentially increasing the risk of the spread of infectious diseases among displaced Palestinians. On 20 December 2023, the Director General of the World Health Organization warned that, quote, Gaza is already experiencing soaring rates of infectious disease outbreaks. Diarrhea cases among children aged under 5 are 25 times what they were before the conflict. Such illnesses can be lethal for malnourished children, more so in the absence of functioning health services. Sewage is flowing into the streets where Palestinians are living, as it can no longer be managed. Everywhere you look is congested with makeshift shelters. Everywhere you go, people are desperate, hungry, and terrified. These conditions deliberately inflicted by Israel are calculated to bring about the destruction of the Palestinian group in Gaza. Deprivation of Adequate Medical Assistance to Palestinians in Gaza 
Almost above all else, Israel's military assault on Gaza has been an attack on Gaza's medical health care system, indispensable to the life and survival of the Palestinians in Gaza. Israel, quote, has declared an unrelenting war on the health system in Gaza, as observed by the United Nations Special Rapporteur on the right of everyone to the enjoyment of the highest attainable standard of physical and mental health. In a statement issued on 7 December 2023, the United Nations expert noted that, quote, the healthcare infrastructure in the Gaza Strip has been completely obliterated and that we bear witness to a shameful war on healthcare workers. She warned that we are in the darkest time for the right to health in our lifetimes and that we have descended into depths from which we must quickly emerge. In a letter to the United Nations Security Council on 4 December 2023, the international president of Medicine Sans Frontier wrote, quote, Israel has shown a blatant and total disregard for the protection of Gaza's medical facilities. We are watching as hospitals are turned into morgues and ruins. These supposedly protected facilities are being bombed, are being shot at by tanks and guns, encircled and raided, killing patients and medical staff. The World Health Organization has documented 203 attacks on health care that have led to at least 22 fatalities and 59 injuries of health workers on duty. Medical staff, including our own, are utterly exhausted and in despair. They have had to amputate limbs from children suffering from severe burns without anesthesia or sterilized surgical tools. Due to forcible evacuations by Israeli soldiers, some doctors have had to leave patients behind after facing the unimaginable choice between their lives or those of their patients. There is no justification for the atrocious attacks on health care. Four of our MSF staff have been killed. Many more have lost family members. Numerous other colleagues have been injured. Other humanitarian organizations have reported dozens of their staff have been killed. Northern Gaza is being erased from the map. The health system has collapsed. Our emergency team in Khan Yunus in southern Gaza has reported massive influxes of wounded after intense bombing. Last Saturday, 60 dead and 213 injured people arrived at the emergency room of Al-Aqsa Hospital. These strikes are also hitting overcrowded, squalid refugee camps where people are barely surviving on the sparse humanitarian aid available if the bombs do not get them. Infectious diseases and starvation will. We did what we could. Remember us. These are the words our doctor, Mahmoud Abu Nujaila, who has since been killed in a hospital strike, wrote on a Gaza hospital whiteboard normally used for planning surgeries. When the guns fall silent and the true scale of devastation is revealed, will the council and its members be able to say the same? Since early December 2023, Israeli army attacks on Palestinian hospitals have only increased. The Israeli army has continued to attack and besiege hospitals and healthcare centers to deprive them of electricity and fuel crucial to maintain effective functioning and equipment, to obstruct them from receiving medical supplies, food and water, to force their evacuations and closure, and effectively to destroy them. The north of Gaza without any functioning hospital for a week 
has only four severely challenged partially functioning hospitals available now. Israel has transformed Palestinian hospitals in Gaza from places of healing into death zones and scenes of bloodbath, death, devastation, and despair. Many hospitals have now become mere places where people are waiting to die. The World Health Organization describes the situation as unconscionable and beyond belief. There have now been more than 238 attacks on health care in Gaza, in which over 61 hospitals and other health care facilities have been damaged or destroyed. Only 13 out of 36 hospitals and 18 out of 72 health care centers are still even functioning, some of them barely, despite the overwhelming number of people injured in Israeli attacks. The Israeli army has targeted hospital generators, hospital solar panels, and other life-saving equipment such as oxygen stations and water tanks. It has also targeted ambulances, medical convoys, and first responders. 311 health workers have been killed, on average four killed per day, including at least 22 health workers killed on duty. Those killed include some of Gaza's most experienced and skilled doctors, including Dr. Hani al-Haitham, head of the emergency section at Al-Shifa Hospital, killed with his wife, Dr. Samira Girafi, and their children. Dr. Mohamed Dabor, head of pathology at Al-Shifa Hospital, reportedly killed with his son and father while attempting to flee Gaza City. Dr. Medhat Saidam, plastic reconstructive burn surgeon at Al-Shifa Hospital, and Dr. Hamam Alo, nephrologist at Al-Shifa Hospital, were killed in attacks on their family homes. Interviewed shortly before his death, Dr. Allo responded as follows when asked why he was not fleeing the north to the south. Quote, If I go, who would treat my patients? We are not animals. We have the right to receive proper health care. You think I went to medical school and for my postgraduate degrees for a total of 14 years, so I think only about my life and not my patients? The systematic destruction of Palestinian hospitals and the killing of specialist Palestinian doctors is not only impacting the care of Palestinians in Gaza at present, it is also undermining the prospect of a future Palestinian healthcare system in Gaza, destroying its capacity to rebuild and to care effectively for the Palestinian people in Gaza. At least 570 Palestinians have been killed at hospitals and healthcare centers in Gaza, and a further 746 have been injured. They include patients and internally displaced Palestinians who vainly sought sanctuary on or near hospital grounds, killed by Israeli strikes or snipers. Palestinian mothers have been killed in maternity hospitals, and Palestinian children in children's hospitals. Even those tending to and counting the dead like Saeed al-Shorbaji, director of Nasser Hospital's mortuary, have themselves been killed. Some have been victims of Israeli attacks multiple times over, like 12-year-old Dina Abu Moshen, interviewed by UNICEF after losing her parents, two siblings, and her leg in an Israeli strike on her home. She was then killed herself when the Israeli army shelled the hospital where she was being treated. Other Palestinians have died as a direct result of Israel cutting off electricity and fuel to hospitals. They include five premature babies and 40 ICU and kidney patients at Al-Shifa Hospital. 
Other Palestinians have died as a direct result of Israel's forced evacuation of hospitals, including at least four babies in Al Nasser Hospital, whose tiny bodies were found weeks later during a temporary ceasefire, decomposing in their hospital beds. Hospital courtyards have been turned into sites of mass graves. At Al Shifa Hospital, it was medics themselves who had to dig a mass grave for the decomposing bodies of 179 patients and others. Israeli bulldozers excavated and exhumed a hospital mass grave in the besieged Kamal Adwan Hospital on 16 December, where 26 Palestinians had been buried. Speaking to CNN, Hossam Abu Safiya, head of pediatric services at Kamal Adwan Hospital, stated, quote, The soldiers dug up the graves this morning and dragged the bodies with bulldozers, then crushed the bodies with bulldozers. I have never seen such a thing before. United Nations General Assembly Resolution ES 10-21 of 27 October 2023, calling for the, quote, respect and protection of all civilians and humanitarian facilities, including hospitals and other medical facilities, as well as all of humanitarian and medical personnel, has been resolutely ignored. Doctors and medics have continued not only to be killed, but also to be rounded up and disappeared by the Israeli authorities. They include the general director of Al-Shifa and his staff, seized and held incommunicado since 23 November 2023. Those wounded by Israel in Gaza are being deprived of life-saving medical care. Gaza's health care system, already crippled by years of blockade and prior attacks by Israel, is unable to cope with the sheer scale of the injuries. Now at 55,243 injured, including at least 8,663 children. There are reports of severely injured patients walking for miles to try to find help. UNICEF highlighted the case of a boy from the north whose leg had been blown off in the violence and who had spent three or four days trying to reach the south, delayed by checkpoints. The smell of decomposition was clear and that boy had shrapnel all over. Potentially, he was blind and had burns to 50% of his body. Ocha identified the case of a woman with shrapnel injuries in her abdomen who had walked from the north to the south, pressing a towel against her wounds. Palestinians have had to evacuate their sick, disabled, and wounded in a forced march from the north to the south, and then again from the south onwards, dragging hospital beds behind cars, pushing wheelchairs, raising them on makeshift stretchers, or simply carrying them in their arms. Those hospitals which are still functioning are described as scenes from a horror movie. The critical shortages of staff and supplies, including anesthetics, analgesics, medicine, and disinfectants, have led not only to otherwise unnecessary amputations of limbs, but also to amputations without anesthesia, often undertaken by flashlight. Pregnant women are also being subjected to cesareans without anesthetic. Patients are being treated on dirty floors covered with blood, with family members having to stand holding saline bags where saline is even available. There are insufficient staff and resources for adequate wound or post-operative wound care. Unclean wounds, often infested with worms and flies, rapidly become infected, necrotic, or gangrenous. Patients plead for food and water. Even basic pain management treatment is often unavailable, and patients are at risk of dying from treatable conditions. 
One doctor described having to do procedures without anesthetic. He said, quote, I was forced to do dressing changes on massive wounds, excruciatingly painful wounds. There was a girl with just her whole body covered in shrapnel. She was nine. I ended up having to change and clean these wounds with no anesthetic and no analgesic. I managed to find some intravenous paracetamol to give her. Her dad was crying. I was crying. And the poor child was screaming. In addition to the war wounded, there are hundreds of thousands of Palestinians in Gaza who still need routine medical care for conditions such as high blood pressure, cardiovascular disease, or diabetes. Thousands of Palestinians in Gaza are also in need of urgent care for kidney disease and cancer, and an estimated 130 premature babies are dependent on incubators for survival at any given time. Many of them are now unable to receive medical assistance. UNICEF warns that, quote, women, children, and newborns in Gaza are disproportionately bearing the burden of the escalation of hostilities in the occupied Palestine territory, both as casualties and in reduced access, access to health services. Older persons and persons with disabilities lack essential medication and are at higher risk of communicable diseases, malnutrition, and death. Pregnant women are also particularly vulnerable. Experts are beginning to warn that the numbers of Palestinians dying as a result of disease and hunger could already be outstripping violent deaths caused by Israeli army assaults. There have already been over 360,000 documented cases of communicable diseases reported in UNWAR shelters alone, brought on or exacerbated by unsanitary conditions, hunger, and lack of clean water, with the actual numbers believed to be considerably higher. As stated by the World Health Organization, quote, Gaza is already experiencing soaring rates of infectious diseases. Over 100,000 cases of diarrhea have been reported since mid-October. Half of these are among young children under the age of five years, case numbers that are 25 times what was reported before the conflict. Over 150,000 cases of upper respiratory infection and numerous cases of meningitis, skin rashes, scabies, lice, and chickenpox have been reported. Hepatitis is also suspected as many people present with the telltale signs of jaundice. While a healthy body can more easily fight off the these diseases, a wasted and weakened body will struggle. Hunger weakens the body's defenses and opens the door to disease. Malnutrition increases the risk of children dying from illnesses like diarrhea, pneumonia, and measles, especially in a setting where they lack access to life-saving health services. Even if the child survives, wasting can have lifelong impacts as it stunts growth and impairs cognitive development. The people of Gaza who have already suffered enough now face death from starvation and diseases that could be easily treated with a functioning health system. This must stop. Food and other aid must flow in far greater amounts. Who reiterates its call for an immediate humanitarian ceasefire? Experts assess that the death toll from disease and hunger could be multiples of that from fighting and airstrikes. Israel is, through its relentless attacks on the Palestinian healthcare system in Gaza, deliberately inflicting on Palestinians in Gaza conditions of life calculated to bring about their destruction. Writing in the British medical journal The Lancet, a group of medics, quote, 
highlight the health dimensions of violence resulting from the ongoing siege and attacks against Palestinians, rightly warning of a grave risk of genocide against the Palestinian people. Destruction of Palestinian Life in Gaza On 16 November 2023, 15 United Nations Special Rapporteurs and 21 members of United Nations Working Groups warning of a genocide in the making in Gaza observed that the level of destruction that had by then taken place of housing units as well as hospitals, schools, mosques, bakeries, water pipes, sewage, and electricity networks threatens to make the continuation of Palestinian life in Gaza impossible. As they note, Israel has, in its bombing campaign against Gaza, used powerful weaponry with inherently indiscriminate impacts, resulting in colossal death toll and destruction of life-sustaining infrastructure. Israel has destroyed not only individual homes, houses, and whole apartment blocks. It has destroyed entire streets and entire neighborhoods. Shujaia, a suburb of Gaza City, once home to approximately 110,000 Palestinians, appears to now be a vast wasteland, entirely flattened as far as the eye can see. Its shops, schools, vibrant marketplace, family homes, doctor's clinics, historic streets, and Ibn Uthman Mosque, and everything that once sustained Palestinian life there has been damaged or destroyed, along with so many of its people. Other areas in Gaza appear to have experienced a similar level of destruction, including Bayat Hanun, Bayat Lahaya, Gaza Old City, Al-Rimal, and Nusirat refugee camp in the south. Across Gaza, Israel has targeted the infrastructure and foundations of Palestinian life, deliberately creating conditions of life calculated to bring about the physical destruction of Palestinian people. In addition to the attacks previously cited on homes, neighborhoods, hospitals, water systems, agricultural lands, bakeries, and mills, Israel has also targeted the foundational civil system in Gaza. Israel has targeted the Palace of Justice, the main Palestinian court building in Gaza, housing the Palestinian Supreme Court, the Constitutional Court, the Court of Appeal, the Court of First Instance, the Administrative Court of the Magistrates' Court, as well as an archive of court records and other historical files. Israel has also significantly damaged the Palestinian Legislative Council complex. It has targeted Gaza City's Central Archive Building, containing thousands of historical documents and national records dating back over 100 years, and forming an essential archive of Palestinian history, as well as more modern records for Gaza City's urban development. Israel has left Gaza City's main public library in ruins. It has also damaged or destroyed countless bookshops, publishing houses, libraries, and hundreds of educational facilities. Israel has targeted every one of Gaza's four universities, including the Islamic University of Gaza, the oldest higher education institution in the territory, which has trained generations of doctors and engineers, amongst others. Destroying campuses for the education of future generations of Palestinians in Gaza. Alongside so many others, Israel has killed leading Palestinian academics, including Professor Sufyan Teye, the president of the Islamic University an award-winning physicist and UNESCO Chair of Astronomy, Astrophysics, and Space Sciences in Palestine, who died alongside his family in an airstrike. Dr. Ahmed Hamdi, Abo Absa, 
dean of the software engineering department at the University of Palestine, reportedly shot dead by Israeli soldiers as he walked away, having been released from three days of enforced disappearance. And Professor Mohammed Eid Shabir, professor of immunology and virology, and former president of the Islamic University of Gaza, and Professor Rafat Alarir, poet and professor of comparative literature and creative writing at the Islamic University of Gaza, were both killed by Israel with members of their families. Professor Alarir was co-founder of We Are Not Numbers, a Palestinian youth project seeking to tell the stories behind otherwise impersonal accounts of Palestinians and Palestinian deaths in the news. Israel has damaged and destroyed numerous centers of Palestinian learning and culture, including the Al-Zafar Damari Mosque and Center for Manuscripts and Ancient Documents, the Orthodox Cultural Center, the Al-Karara Cultural Museum, the Gaza Center for Culture and Arts, the Arab Social Cultural Center, the Hakawi Society for Culture and Arts, and the Rafa Museum. Gaza's newly opened Museum of Palestinian Heritage, housing hundreds of cultural and archaeological artifacts. Israel's attacks have destroyed Gaza's ancient history. Eight sites have been damaged or destroyed, including the ancient port of Gaza, known as Anthedon Harbor, or Al-Balakia. The archaeological site of a 2,000-year-old Roman cemetery listed on both the Islamic Heritage List and the tentative UNESCO World Heritage List. Israel has also destroyed Gaza City's old city, including its 146-year-old historic houses, mosques, churches, markets, and schools. It has also destroyed Gaza's more recent history of more hopeful times, including the Rashad al-Shawa Cultural Center, site of a historic meeting between United States President Bill Clinton and Palestinian President Yasser Arafat 25 years ago and an important cultural hub for Palestinians in Gaza, with its theater, library, and event space. And Israel is destroying Gaza's future academic and cultural potential. Alongside the 352 Palestinian schools it has damaged or destroyed, the 4,037 students and 209 teachers and educational staff it has killed, alongside the other 7,259 students and 619 teachers it has injured. Israel has damaged or destroyed an estimated 318 Muslim and Christian religious sites, demolishing the places where Palestinians have worshipped for generations. These include the Great Omari Mosque, originally a 5th century Byzantine church, an iconic landmark of Gaza's history, architecture, and cultural heritage, and a place of worship by Christians and Muslims for over 1,000 years. Israeli shelling has also damaged the Church of St. Porphyrius, Founded in 425 AD and believed to be the third oldest church in the world, alongside two other churches that have sustained direct Israeli fire. Gaza's Christians themselves have been targeted and killed by Israel in the very church compounds where they sought shelter. Along with its destruction of the physical monuments to the history and heritage of the Palestinians in Gaza, Israelists sought to destroy the very Palestinian people who form and create that heritage. Gaza celebrated journalists, its teachers, intellectuals, and public figures, its doctors and nurses, its filmmakers, writers and singers, the directors and deans of its universities, the heads of its hospitals, its eminent scientists, linguists, playwrights, novelists, artists, and musicians. 
Israel has killed and is killing Palestinian storytellers and poets, Palestinian farmers and fishermen, alongside Gaza's local legends. Pastry chef Masoud Mohammed al-Qatari killed in an Israeli airstrike on his house on 3 November 2023, whose shop's motto, Let the Poor Eat, and reputation for giving away the popular Palestinian treat, Kanafe, to indigent customers, earned him the nickname Father of the Poor. 84-year-old Elam Farah, from one of Palestine's oldest Christian families, a reputed accordionist and music teacher, known as Mother Orange to generations of Palestinian music students for her shock of red hair. Shot dead by an Israeli sniper outside the Holy Family Church in Gaza City when she returned home for warm clothes and was left to bleed to death. And Al-Shaima Saidam, the student with the highest final high school exam grades in the whole of Palestine, killed with multiple members of her family in a strike on Al-Nusiara refugee camp. Just as Israel is destroying the official memory and records of Palestinians in Gaza through its destruction of Gaza's archives and landmarks, it is obliterating Palestinian personal lives and private memories, histories, and futures through bombing and bulldozing graveyards, destroying family records and photographs, wiping out entire multi-generational families, and killing, maiming, and traumatizing a generation of children. As a Palestinian man in a video by UNRWA succinctly sums up, quote, these are all our memories, our entire lives. Now it's all gone. Everything has turned into ashes. The Israeli army erecting the Israeli flag over the wreckage of devastated Palestinian homes and towns and cities, including in Gaza City's Palestine Square itself, and spurred on by calls from within the Israeli government and without to flatten Gaza, and reestablish Israeli settlements on the rubble of Palestinian homes is destroying the very fabric and basis of Palestinian life in Gaza. Israel is thereby deliberately inflicting on the Palestinian group in Gaza conditions of life calculated to bring about its destruction. Imposing measures intended to prevent Palestinian births. As said out above, Israel's actions are impacting Palestinian women and children in Gaza especially severely, with 70% of those killed estimated to be women and children. Two mothers are estimated to be killed every hour in Gaza. Over 7,729 children were estimated to have been killed by 11 December 2023 alone, and at least 4,700 other women and children are reported missing, believed to be buried under the rubble. There are multiple eyewitness accounts of pregnant women being killed by Israeli soldiers, including while trying to access health care. Pregnant women and children, including newborn babies, are also particularly impacted by displacement, lack of access to food and water, shelter, clothes, hygiene, and sanitation, and lack of access to health services. These effects are severe and significant. An estimated 5,500 of approximately 52,000 pregnant Palestinian women in Gaza giving birth each month are doing so in unsafe conditions, often with no clean water, much less medical assistance. In shelters, in their homes, in the streets amid rubble, or in overwhelmed healthcare facilities where sanitation is worsening and the risk of infection and medical complications is on the rise. Where they are able to get a functioning hospital, pregnant women are having to undergo cesarean sections without anesthetic. 
Given the lack of access to critical medical supplies, including blood, doctors are being compelled to perform ordinarily unnecessary hysterectomies on young women in an attempt to save their lives, leaving them unable to have more children. Indeed, the Minister of Health for the State of Palestine, Dr. May al-Kaila, confirms that the only option facing Palestinian women in Gaza who bleed out after giving birth is to undergo a hysterectomy in order for their lives to be saved. The lack of available drugs such as the anti-D injection given to rhesus-negative women on birth of a rhesus-positive baby also seriously impacts the possibility of future healthy pregnancies for affected women. Premature births have reportedly increased by between 25-30% to 30% as stressed and traumatized pregnant women face a myriad of challenges including being compelled to walk long distances in search of safety, attempting to escape from bombs and being crowded into shelters in often squalid conditions. Particularly in northern Gaza, cases of placenta eruption, a serious condition that occurs to pregnant women during childbirth, which is potentially life-threatening to both mother and baby, have more than doubled. An ever-increasing number of Palestinian babies in Gaza are reportedly dying from entirely preventable causes, brought about by Israel's actions. Newborns up to three months old are dying of diarrhea, hypothermia, and other preventable causes. Without essential equipment and medical support, premature and underweight babies have little to no chance of survival. Palestinian newborn babies have died due to lack of fuel to supply hospital generators. Others have been found decomposing in their hospital cots, medical staff taking care of them, having been forced by Israel to evacuate. On 3 November 2023, the World Health Organization warned that maternal deaths are expected to increase given the lack of access to adequate care, with deadly consequences on reproductive health, including a rise in stress-induced miscarriages, stillbirths, and premature births. The impact will necessarily be long-lasting and severe for Palestinians in Gaza as a group. By 22 November 2023, the United Nations Special Rapporteur on Violence Against Women and Girls, Its Causes and Consequences, has expressly warned that, quote, The reproductive violence inflicted by Israel on Palestinian women, newborn babies, infants, and children could be qualified as acts of genocide under Article 2 of the Convention on the Prevention of Genocide, including, quote, imposing measures intended to prevent births within a group. She stressed that states must prevent and punish such acts in accordance with their responsibilities under the Genocide Convention. Expressions of Genocidal Intent Against the Palestinian People by Israeli State Officials and Others Evidence of Israeli State Officials' Specific Intent Dolus Specialis, to commit and persist in committing genocidal acts or to fail to prevent them has been significant and overt since October 2023. Those statements of intent, when combined with the level of killing, maiming, displacement, and destruction on the ground, together with the siege, evidence an unfolding and continuing genocide. They include statements by the following individuals in the positions of the highest responsibility. Prime Minister of Israel On 7 October 2023, in a televised address by the government press office, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu promised to, quote, 
operate forcefully everywhere. On 13 October 2023, he confirmed that, quote, we are striking our enemies with unprecedented might. On 15 October 2023, when Israeli airstrikes had already killed over 2,670 Palestinians, including 724 children, the Prime Minister stated that Israeli soldiers, quote, understand the scope of the mission and stand ready to defeat the bloodthirsty monsters who have risen against Israel to destroy us. On 16 October 2023, in a formal address to the Israeli Knesset, he described the situation as, quote, a struggle between the children of light and the children of darkness, between humanity and the law of the jungle, a dehumanizing theme to which he returned on various occasions, including on 3 November 2023, in a letter to Israeli soldiers and officers, also published on the platform X, formerly Twitter. The letter asserted that, quote, this is the war between the sons of light and the sons of darkness. We will not let up on our mission until the light overcomes the darkness. The good will defeat the extreme evil that threatens us and the entire world. The Israeli Prime Minister also returned to the theme in his Christmas message, stating, quote, We're facing monsters, monsters who murdered children in front of their parents. This is a battle not only of Israel against these barbarians, it is a battle of civilization against barbarism. On 28 October 2023, as Israeli forces prepared their land invasion of Gaza, the Prime Minister invoked the biblical story of the total destruction of Amalek by the Israelites, stating, quote, You must remember what Amalek has done to you, says our Holy Bible, and we do remember. The Prime Minister referred again to Amalek in the letter sent on 3 November 2023 to Israeli soldiers and officers. The relevant biblical passage reads as follows, quote, Now go, attack Amalek, and prescribe all that belongs to him. Spare no one, but kill alike men and women, infants and sucklings, oxen and sheep, camels and asses. President of Israel, on 12 October 2023, President Isaac Herzog made clear that Israel was not distinguishing between militants and civilians in Gaza, stating in a press conference to foreign media in relation to Palestinians in Gaza, over one million of whom are children, quote, it's an entire nation out there that's responsible. It's not true, this rhetoric about civilians not aware and not involved. It's absolutely not true and we will fight until we break their backbone. On 15 October 2023, echoing the words of Prime Minister Netanyahu, the president told foreign media that, quote, we will uproot evil so there, there will be good for the entire region and the world. The Israeli president is one of many Israelis to have handwritten messages on bombs to be dropped on Gaza. Israeli Minister of Defense on 9 October 2023, Defense Minister Yov Gallant in an Israeli Army Situation Update advised that Israel was, quote, imposing a complete siege on Gaza. No electricity, no food, no water, no fuel. Everything is closed. We are fighting human animals and we are acting accordingly. He also informed troops on the Gaza border that he had released all the restraints stating in terms that, quote, Gaza won't return to what it was before. We will eliminate everything. If it doesn't take one day, it will take a week. 
It will take weeks or even months. We will reach all places. He further announced that Israel was moving to, quote, a full-scale response and that he had removed every restriction on Israeli forces. Israeli Minister for National Security on 10 November 2023, Itamar Ben-Gavir, clarified the government's position in a televised address stating, quote, to be clear, when we say that Hamas should be destroyed, it also means those who celebrate, those who support, and those who hand out candy. They're all terrorists, and they should also be destroyed. Israeli Minister of Energy and Infrastructure tweeting on 13 October 2023, Israeli Katz stated, quote, All the civilian population in Gaza is ordered to leave immediately. We will win. They will not receive a a drop of water or a single battery until they leave the world. On 12 October 2023, he tweeted, Humanitarian aid to Gaza? No electrical switch will be turned on, no water hydrant will be opened, and no fuel truck will enter until the Israeli abductees are returned home. Humanitarianism for humanitarianism and no one will preach us morality. Israeli Minister of Finance on 8 October 2023, Bezalel Smotrich stated at a meeting of the Israeli cabinet that, quote, we need to deal a blow that hasn't been seen in 50 years and take down Gaza. Israeli Minister of Heritage on 1 November 2023, Amachai Eliyahu posted on Facebook, quote, The north of the Gaza Strip, more beautiful than ever. Everything is blown up and flattened. Simply a pleasure for the eyes. We must talk about the day after. In my mind, we will hand over lots to all those who fought for Gaza over the years and to those evicted from Gush Katif, a former Israeli settlement. He later urged against humanitarian aid as, quote, We wouldn't hand the Nazis humanitarian aid, and there is no such thing as uninvolved civilians in Gaza. He also posited a nuclear attack on the Gaza Strip. Israeli Minister of Agriculture on 11 November 2023, Avi Tichter, in a television interview, recalled the Nakba of 1948 in which over 80% of the Palestinian population of the new Israeli state was forced from or fled their homes, stating that, quote, we are now actually rolling out the Gaza Nakba. Deputy Speaker of the Knesset and member of the Foreign Affairs and Security Committee on 7 October 2023, Nassim Vaturi tweeted that, quote, now we all have one common goal, erasing the Gaza Strip from the face of the earth. Those who are unable will be replaced. Similar statements have been made by Israeli army officials, advisors and spokespersons, and others engaging with Israeli troops being deployed in Gaza. Israeli Army Coordinator of Government Activities in the Territories, COGAT, on 9 October 2023, in a video statement addressed to Hamas and Gaza residents, published by Kogat's official channel, Major General Ghassan Alian warned, quote, Hamas became ISIS and the citizens of Gaza are celebrating instead of being horrified. Human animals are dealt with accordingly. Israel has imposed a total blockade on Gaza. No electricity, no water, just damage. You wanted hell, you will get hell. Israeli Army Reservist Major General, former head of the Israeli National Security Council and advisor 
to the Defence Minister. On 7 October 2023, Giora Island, describing the Israeli order to cut off water and electricity to Gaza, wrote in an online journal, This is what Israel has begun to do. We cut the supply of energy, water, and diesel to the Strip. But it's not enough. In order to make the siege effective, we have to prevent others from giving assistance to Gaza. The people should be told that they have two choices, to stay and to starve or leave. If Egypt and other countries prefer that these people will perish in Gaza, this is their choice. On the same day, he asserted in a national newspaper that, quote, When you are at war with another country, you don't feed them, you don't provide them electricity or gas or water or anything else. A country can be attacked in a much broader way to bring the country to the brink of dysfunction. This is the necessary outcome of events in Gaza. He has repeatedly asserted the benefits for Israel of the creation of humanitarian crisis in Gaza, stating that, quote, Israel has no interest in the Gaza Strip being rehabilitated, and this is an important point that needs to be made clear to the Americans, and that if we ever want to see the hostages alive, the only way is to create a severe humanitarian crisis in Gaza. He has indicated that water should be targeted, noting that water in Gaza comes from wells with salt water unfit for consumption. They have water treatment plants. Israel should hit those plants. When the entire world says we have gone insane and this is a humanitarian disaster, we will say it's not an end, it's a means. In a Times Radio interview on 12 October 2023, he reiterated the army should, quote, create such a huge pressure on Gaza that Gaza will become an area where people cannot live. People cannot live until Hamas is destroyed, which means that Israel not only stops to supply energy, diesel, water, food, as we did in the last 20 years, but we should prevent any possible assistance by others and to create in Gaza such a terrible, unbearable situation that can last weeks and months. Jora Island has repeatedly been given a media platform to call for Gaza to be made uninhabitable, declaring the state of Israel has no choice but to make Gaza a place that is temporarily or permanently impossible to live in. In an interview on 6 November 2023, he suggested that if there is an intention for a military action at Shifa Hospital, which I think is inescapable, I hope that the head of the CIA got an explanation of why this is necessary and why the U.S. must ultimately back even an operation like this, even if there are thousands of bodies of civilians in the streets afterwards. Further, he proposed that Israel needs to create a humanitarian crisis in Gaza, compelling tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands to seek refuge in Egypt or the Gulf. Gaza will become a place where no human being can exist. Echoing the words of President Herzog, he has repeatedly underscored that there should be no distinction between Hamas combatants and Palestinian civilians, saying, quote, Who are the poor women of Gaza? They are all the mothers, sisters, or wives of Hamas murderers. On the one hand, they are part of the infrastructure that supports the organization. And on the other hand, if they experience a humanitarian disaster, then it can be assumed that some of the Hamas fighters and the more junior commanders will begin to understand that the war is futile. The international community warns us of a humanitarian disaster in Gaza and of severe epidemics. We must not shy away from this, as difficult as that may be. 
after all severe epidemics in the south of the Gaza Strip, will bring victory closer. It is precisely its civil collapse that will bring the end of the war closer. When senior Israeli figures say in the media it is either us or them, we should clarify the question of who is them. They are not only Hamas fighters with weapons, but also all of the civilian officials, including hospital administrators and school administrators, and also the entire Gaza population who enthusiastically supported Hamas and cheered on its atrocities on October 7th. Israeli Army Reservist's, quote, motivational speech on 11 October 2023, 95-year-old Israeli Army Reservist Ezra Yachin, a veteran of the Deir Yassin massacre during the 1948 Nakba, reportedly called up for reserve duty to boost morale among Israeli troops ahead of the ground invasion, was broadcast on social media inciting other soldiers to genocide as follows, while being driven around in an Israeli army vehicle dressed in Israeli army fatigues. Quote, Be triumphant and finish them off and don't leave anyone behind. Erase the memory of them. Erase them, their families, mothers, and children. These animals can no longer live. Every Jew with a weapon should go out and kill them. If you have an Arab neighbor, don't wait. Go to his home and shoot him. We want to invade, not like before. We want to enter and destroy what's in front of us and destroy houses, then destroy the one after it. With all of our forces, complete destruction. Enter and destroy. As you can see, we will witness things we've never dreamed of. Let them drop bombs on them and erase them. Head of the Israeli Army's Air Operations Group on 28 October 2023, Lieutenant Colonel Gilad Kanan described the Air Force as, quote, working together with all the bodies in the IDF when the goal is clear, to destroy everything that has been touched by the hand of Hamas. Commander in the 2908th Battalion of the Israeli Army in a video posted online on 21 December 2023, Yair Ben David said the Israeli Army had, quote, entered Beit Hanun and did there as Shimon and Levi did in Nablus, and that the entire Gaza should resemble Beit Hanun, referring to the city in northern Gaza, which has been entirely devastated by the Israeli Army. The biblical passage in issue reads, quote, on the third day, when they were in pain, Simeon and Levi, two of Jacob's sons, brothers of Dinah, took each his sword, came upon the city unmolested, and slew all the males. The above statements by Israeli decision-makers and military officials indicate in and of themselves a clear intent to destroy Palestinians in the Gaza as a group, as such. They also constitute clear, direct, and public incitement to genocide, which has gone unchecked and unpunished. The clear inference from the acts of the Israeli army on the ground, including from the vast number of civilians killed and injured, and the scale of displacement, destruction, and devastation wrought in Gaza, is that those genocidal statements and directives are being implemented against the Palestinian people. That is also the clear and necessary inference to be drawn from the emerging evidence from Israeli army soldiers serving in Gaza, including those stationed on the ground. Israeli Army Colonel Deputy Head of Kogat, speaking in a video filmed in Bayat Lahaya, one of the areas of Gaza which appears to have suffered particularly severe levels of destruction, and broadcast on Israeli television on 4 November 2023, 
Colonel Yogev Bar Sheshat, stated, quote, Whoever returns here, if they return hereafter, will find scorched earth. No houses, no agriculture, no nothing. They have no future. Another army colonel recorded in the same video, Colonel Erez Eshel, also commented that vengeance is a great value. There is vengeance over what they did to us. This place will be a fallow land. They will not be able to live here. Israeli army soldiers, Israeli soldiers in uniform have been filmed on 5 December 2023, dancing, chanting, and singing, may their village burn, may Gaza be erased. And two days later, on a separate occasion inside Gaza, on 7 December 2023, dancing, singing, and chanting, we know our motto, there are no uninvolved civilians, and to wipe off the seed of Amalek. Notably, the second video of soldiers chanting that there are no uninvolved citizens in Gaza and they will wipe off the seed of Amalek was filmed on 7 December 2023. By that date, 17,177 Palestinians in Gaza had been killed, an estimated 70% of whom were women and children. 7 to 8 December 2023 was particularly devastating for Palestinians, with 350 people killed in the space of 24 hours. Approximately one Palestinian in Gaza killed every four minutes. This genocidal rhetoric of government and military officials is also widespread and commonplace amongst non-cabinet members of the Israeli Knesset, MKs, who have repeatedly called for Gaza to be wiped out, flattened, erased, and crushed on all its inhabitants. Parliamentarians have publicly deplored anyone feeling sorry for the uninvolved Gazans, asserting repeatedly that there are no uninvolved, that there are no innocents in Gaza, that the killers of the women and children should not be separated from the citizens of Gaza, that the children of Gaza have brought this upon themselves, that there should be one sentence for everyone there, death. Parliamentarians have stated, we must not forget that even the innocent citizens, the cruel and monstrous people from Gaza, took an active part there is no place for any humanitarian gesture. The memory of Amalek must be protested. And that without hunger and thirst among the Gazan population, we will not be able to recruit collaborators. Parliamentarians have also called for a mercilessly bombing from the air, calling for the use of nuclear doomsday weapons and a Nakba that will overshadow the Nakba of 48. Similar genocidal rhetoric is also commonplace in Israel in Israeli civil society, with genocidal messages being routinely broadcast without censure or sanction in Israeli media. The media reports call for Gaza to be erased, turned into a slaughterhouse, that Hamas should not be eliminated, but rather Gaza should be raised, on the repeated claim that there are no innocents, there is no population. There are 2.5 million terrorists. One local official reportedly called for Gaza to be desolate and destroyed, like the Auschwitz Museum, demonstrating the madness of the people who live there. Former MKs have called for a level of destruction akin to that of Dresden and Hiroshima, asserting that it would be immoral for the Israeli army not to show themselves to be vengeful and cruel. In an Israeli news interview, one former MK called for all Palestinians in Gaza to be killed, saying, quote, I tell you, in Gaza, without exception, they are all terrorists, sons of dogs. 
They must be exterminated, all of them killed. We will flatten Gaza, turn them to dust, and the army will cleanse the area. Then we will start building new areas for us, above all, for our security. Those statements by prominent members of Israeli society, including former parliamentarians and news anchors, constitute clear, direct, and public incitement to genocide, which has gone unchecked and unpunished by the Israeli authorities. That such sentiment appears to be so widespread and mainstream in Israeli society is of particular concern in circumstances where the soldiers serving in Gaza are largely reservists drawn from and informed by civil society. Recognition of Israel's Genocidal Intent Against Palestinians As said out above, numerous states have rightly recognized Israel's statements in relation to Gaza as demonstrating genocidal intent. That assessment is shared by a significant number of United Nations experts who have repeatedly warned since at least mid-October 2023 that the Palestinian people are at grave risk of genocide by Israel. By way of example, on 19 October 2023, nine United Nations Special Rapporteurs sounded the alarm, warning that, quote, there is an ongoing campaign by Israel resulting in crimes against humanity in Gaza. Considering statements made by Israeli political leaders and their allies, accompanied by military action in Gaza and escalation of arrests and killing in the West Bank, there is also a risk of genocide against the Palestinian people. On 27 October 2023, the United Nations Committee on the Elimination of Racial Discrimination underscored that it was, quote, highly concerned about the sharp increase in racist hate speech and dehumanization directed at Palestinians since 7 October, particularly on the Internet and in social media, including by senior officials, politicians, members of the parliament and public figures, particularly the statement of 9 October made by the Israeli Minister of Defense Yov Gallant, in which he referred to Palestinians as human animals, language which could incite genocidal actions. On 28 October 2023, Director of the New York Office of the High Commissioner of Human Rights, OHCHR, stepped down after penning a widely reported resignation statement describing the situation in Gaza as a textbook case of genocide. On 2 November 2023, eight special rapporteurs warned that they remain convinced that the Palestinian people are at grave risk of genocide. The experts stated that the time for action is now, underscoring that Israel's allies also bear responsibility and must act now to prevent its disastrous course of action. On 16 November 2023, 15 United Nations Special Rapporteurs and 21 members of United Nations Working Groups cautioned that, quote, grave violations committed by Israel against Palestinians in the aftermath of 7 October, particularly in Gaza, point to a genocide in the making. The statement highlights, quote, evidence of increasing genocidal incitement, overt intent to destroy the Palestinian people under occupation, loud calls for a second Nakba in Gaza, and the rest of the occupied Palestinian territory, and the use of powerful weaponry with inherently indiscriminate impacts, resulting in colossal death toll and destruction of life-sustaining infrastructure. 
The experts expressed profound concern about the failure of the international system to mobilize to prevent genocide, cautioning that the failure to urgently implement a ceasefire risks this situation spiraling towards a genocide conducted with 21st century means and methods of warfare. They called on the international community, including not only states, but also non-state actors, to do everything it can to immediately end the risk of genocide against the Palestinian people. On 20 November 2023, the United Nations Special Rapporteur on Violence Against Women and Girls, Its Causes and Consequences, issued a statement warning that since 7 October, the assault on Palestinian women's dignity and rights has taken on new and terrifying dimensions, as thousands have become victims of war crimes, crimes against humanity, and an unfolding genocide. The special rapporteur expressed alarm at the genocidal and dehumanizing rhetoric about the Palestinian people, including women and children, by top Israeli government officials and public figures, calling them children of darkness. The special rapporteur referred to the description of Palestinians as human animals and the calls for a second Nakba by Israeli officials, cautioning that such statements make the Israeli government's intention to destroy the Palestinian people in whole or in part absolutely and consistently clear. On 8 December 2023, ahead of the United Nations Security Council ceasefire resolution vote vetoed by the United States of America, 22 United Nations Special Rapporteurs and 28 members of the United Nations Working Groups reiterated their previous statement warning against the commission of genocide. On 21 December 2023, the Committee on the Elimination of Racial Discrimination, acting under its early warning and urgent action procedure, reiterating its earlier statements and warning of hate speech and dehumanizing discourse targeted at Palestinians, raising severe concerns regarding Israel's and other states' parties' obligation to prevent genocide. The committee called on all state parties to fully respect their international obligations, in particular those arising from the Convention on the Prevention and Punishment of the Crime of Genocide, to cooperate to bring an end to the violations that are taking place and to prevent genocide. The committee made detailed reference to the ongoing situation in Gaza, stating inter alia, that it was gravely concerned about the racist hate speech, incitement to violence, and genocidal actions, as well as dehumanizing rhetoric targeted at Palestinians since 7 October 2023 by Israeli senior government officials, members of the parliament, politicians, and public figures. The Organization of Islamic Cooperation has repeatedly condemned Israel's military actions in Gaza as genocide, as has the Arab group at the United Nations. The International Federation for Human Rights have called for an end to the genocide, with the International Commission of Jurists calling on third states to take all reasonable measures within their power to prevent genocide in Gaza. Palestinian non-governmental organizations have also strongly condemned the genocide, calling on the International Criminal Court to investigate the crime. The Palestinian Human Rights Organizations Council on 14 November 2023 issued a detailed briefing note calling on the state of Palestine and the third states to intervene, taking concrete measures and legal action to prevent genocide in Gaza. The report cautions that there have been significant warnings by United Nations independent human rights experts, as well as actions taken by third states, including the removal of their diplomatic missions from Israel, 
some in response to the ongoing Israeli genocidal statements and acts. Together, these warnings and state actions put the international community of states on notice that there is a very real risk that genocide is being or may be committed against Palestinians in Gaza. And that will bring part two to a close. And you will find the third and final part of the application instituting proceedings in the name of Republic of South Africa against the state of Israel, pursuant to Article 41, in a follow-up episode. You'll find all the back episodes at youcan'tbeneutral.com to... Follow me on in social media. You can follow Moving Train Media in the Fediverse at Moving Train Media at Collectiva.social. You can listen to this and all my podcasts playing 24-7 at movingtrainradio.com. Thanks for listening.